no special fascination for them. They called it merely Big Star. But to the Anglos, steeped in conquest and killing, whenever their pale eyes turned to the red gleam in the sky that marked their brother world, they trembled with thoughts of blood and death. They named the red world after their god of war, Mars. Soul One. Morning. Touchdown! It was said in Russian first, and then immediately repeated in English. Jamie Waterman never felt the actual moment when they touched the surface of Mars. The descent vehicle was lowering so gently that when it finally set down on the ground, Jamie and the others realized it only because the vibration of the rocket thrusters ceased. Beyond everything else, Vosnesensky was a superb pilot. All sense of motion stopped. There was no sound. Through the thick insulation of his pressure suit helmet, Jamie could hear nothing except his own excited breathing. Then Joanna Bramado's voice came through his earphones, hushed, awed. We're here. Eleven months ago they had been on Earth. Half an hour ago they had been in orbit around the planet Mars. Then came the terrifying ride down, shaking and bumping and burning their way through the thin atmosphere, an artificial meteor blazing across the empty Martian sky, a journey of more than a hundred million kilometers, a quest that had already taken four years of their lives, had at last reached its destination. Now they sat in numb silence on the surface of a new world, Four scientists encased in bulky, brightly colored pressure suits that made them look as if they had been swallowed alive by oversized robots. Abruptly, without a word of command from the cockpit above them, the four scientists began to unstrap their safety harnesses and get up stiffly, awkwardly from their chairs. Jamie slid his helmet visor up as he squeezed between Ilona Maliter and Tony Reed to get to the small round observation port the only window in their cramped compartment. He reached the window and looked out. The other three pressed around him, their hard-shell pressure suits butting and sliding against one another like a quartet of awkward tortoises trying to dip their beaks into the same tiny life-giving puddle. A red, dusty desert stretched out as far as the eye could see. Rust-colored boulders scattered across the barren, gently rolling land like toys left behind by a careless child. The uneven horizon seemed closer than it should be. The sky was a delicate salmon pink. Small wind-shaped dunes heaped in precise rows, and the reddish sand piled against some of the bigger rocks. Jamie catalogued the scene professionally. Ejecta from impacts, maybe volcanic eruptions, but more likely meteor hits. No bedrock visible. The dunes looked stable probably been there since the last dust storm, maybe longer. Mars, breathed Joanna Brumato, her helmet practically touching his as they peered through the window. Mars, Jamie agreed. It looks so desolate, said Alona Maliter, sounding disappointed as if she had expected a welcoming committee, or at least a blade of grass. Exactly like the photos, said Antony Reed. To Jamie, the red desert world beyond the window looked just as he had expected it to look, like home. The first member of the team to leave the landing ship was the sturdy construction robot. 
crowding against a small observation window with the three other scientists, Jamie Waterman watched the bulbous blue-gray metal vehicle roll across the rusty red sand on its six springy wheels, stopping abruptly about fifty meters from where their lander stood. Watching the square-sided machine with the bulky liquefied air tanks atop it, Jamie thought to himself, Russian design, Japanese electronics, and American software, just like everything else on this expedition. A pair of gleaming metal arms unfolded from the truck's front like a giraffe climbing to its feet and began to pull a shapeless heap of plastic from the big storage bin on its side. The robot spread the plastic out on the sand as precisely as a grandmother spreading a picnic tablecloth. Then it seemed to stop, as if to inspect the shiny, rubbery-looking material. Slowly, the lifeless plastic began to stir, filling with air from the big tanks on the robot's top. The plastic heap grew and...